This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Anybody have a Bible today in church? Anybody have a Bible? I want to read a couple of verses today as I just unpack God's Word for a few minutes as we get ready to just celebrate some families and, and their children and today and just dedicate and just really just take a moment to pause and just thank God for what he's done in our families, but also to believe for the future. Uh, first verse I want to read today, and you'll see it on the screen behind me. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's totally great. There's a Bible right behind me on the screen. Jeremiah, sorry, yeah, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, says it like this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I need to stop there. I get distracted. I just keep stopping all the time because that is so good. And so many times it's based on who your father was, your mother was, your education, or how much money you have. And the options are limited based on where you came from. But the Bible says that I know the plans I have for you. And so many times we get pushed into a corner or society wants to label us or judge us or limit us. But I'm thankful that it's not about how you look on the outside. It's not about uh, the background you came from, but it's the plan that God has for your life. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. What kind of plans are they? Well, they're good plans. He says they are plans for good and not for a disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I want to let you know today, no matter where you are in life, you have hope. The Bible says without hope, our heart actually gets sick. I want to remind you today. If you hear nothing else, that there is a hope, that there is a God, there is a future, and there is a reason why you're here. Next verse, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, says, direct your children onto the right path. That would be Eagles fans, by the way. Um, direct your, how many are getting tired of the Eagles jokes? I'm not sorry. Okay. <laughs> direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Last verse, Psalm 127. This is a theme verse for my life, and powerful verse. It says in Psalm 127 verses 3 and 4, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Let me read that again. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. You look at your person next to you and say, I'm a warrior. Look at the person on the other side and say, I'm uncomfortable when he does this. Can we pray one more time? Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for this Sunday. Father, I thank you for every guest, every person, every grandparent, every uncle, every child that's here today. And Father, we just pray very clearly that we would leave here more in love with you, more clear that you have a plan and that you are invested in our lives. Father, thank you for what you're doing at our church and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember when you learned how to drive for the first time? I've seen some of the way you pull into the parking lot. It wasn't that long ago, you know. I was just in Philadelphia yesterday, and there was traffic everywhere, and people, people honking horns, and it was crazy driving. And I remember when I learned to drive, I actually learned to drive in the country in an old yellow truck. And there was this company called Service Master, and they had dumped this yellow truck after years and years. This thing was a, I don't know what it was. I'm trying to think now. It's probably like a 1982 F-150. Um, and you couldn't steer it straight. In order to get it to go straight, the steering wheel had to be in this position. Everybody have a truck like that? I may drive a truck like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, if you try to drive straight, it went this way. It just to the left, to the left, in a box to the left, in a ditch to the left. But in order to get to go straight, you had to turn the wheel just a little bit. And I learned to drive up in Anakinish and up in, uh, in the country on dirt roads. And uh, that's how I learned to drive. If you dinged up this truck, the bumpers were already falling off of it. It was like, it was like Mater in the Cars movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was that kind of truck. And the radio didn't work, and the seats, you slide around, and there was coffee cups from 1952 in the back. Like, it was just one of the... 
I come home, I was away last week in Dallas, and I came home, and my wife and my kids start telling stories that she decided to start teaching our kids how to drive. Now, I know there's a lot of law enforcement people in this room. I want to let you know, we call sanctuary. You can't report what was said in this room right now. But my wife started teaching my kids how to drive when I was gone. My, my son's 13, my daughter's 11, and what's interesting is, no, not on the road, like, no, no, I should stop before we get in trouble here. In a neighborhood, in a neighborhood, but still illegal, by the way. Blame her. Uh, she's five foot two and from Newfoundland, and they don't have rules down there. So, uh, so she comes home telling me these stories, and I'm laughing. But then this week, she's like, hey, you know, it's, it, it's late in the back of the neighborhood. There's no one around. It's very safe. She's like, let's go. Let's, let, you want to drive? And I'm like, what? But the thing is, we're not driving an F-150 from eight, 1982 with broken bumpers. And, and like, if you ran it off. The, like, so a couple weeks ago, we, I bought my wife, and we bought a new car. And a used car, but a really nice car. And so my 11-year-old daughter is learning to drive in a 365-horsepower twin-turbo SUV. It's like a soccer mom van, and, like, it doesn't even take gas. It takes Red Bull in the tank. That's what that kind of car this is. So my daughter gets in the seat, and she's moving the pedals and moving the seats, and she's driving this car, and I'm panicked. I'm like a duck most times. You ever see a duck on, on a pond? They're really calm on top. They're like, what's up? They're real chill. But underneath, they're panicking like crazy. That's me most of the time. I may look like I'm pretty chill. Like today, there's a lot of stuff going on. But inside, I'm like panicking. And we're driving, and I'm trying to be fun, thinking these are memories. My kids will tell stories about this for decades and years. And this is a life-forming moment. But on the inside, I'm panicking on the inside. We're going down this road, and my daughter gets closer to the ditch. And I'm thinking, if she just touches the gas a little too much, those twin turbos will kick into gear. 365 horsepowers will put us straight into a ditch. And I'm panicking. And my wife's laughing, and they're all having fun, and I am dying on the inside. My daughter, I love her, but she gets a little distracted. Squirrel. And uh, she's just focusing on different things. She's trying to figure out the radio. And, oh, look at that, a puppy. And she's just, I'm like, just focus on the wheel. And. All of a sudden, we start going off towards the gravel, and everybody's laughing, and I'm not laughing anymore, and I can't reach the pedals from where I am, and I'm thinking, I already got plan B. Plan A is grab the wheel. Plan B is grab the brakes. Plan three is head to Mexico. That's like the way I got it. And Anyway, she starts going towards the gravel, and I realize at that moment what's happening. And I went back to my childhood, back when I would drive on country roads, is, even as a new driver, is I would look at the hood of the car, right in the front of the bumper of the car, where we were going, and because of that, I would get off track. So many times I, I remember driving, and I'd be so focused on right in front of the car I was driving, and I learned to drive in like a 90-horsepower Civic, not, not a twin-turbo beast, uh, Dora the Explorer, but... Uh, what happened was the same thing. I would look just off of the hood of the car, and what happens was I would lose perspective, I would lose big picture, and I would actually go where I was looking, and I started going off into the ditch. I remember I had friends that race cars and people, my daughter's in gymnastics, and they always say, listen, if you want to know where to go, where you aim your head, your body will follow. In a race car, you don't look at the wall, you look at the turn. In gymnastics, where you turn your head, your body will follow. And I'm reminded of Scripture today. So many times we're in the moment with our kids and like, like parents, you've got so much on the plate. Life is, is crazier even than it was 30 years ago. We have, both parents mostly work and we have technology and soccer and hockey and all these things going, coming and going and kids seem to be more involved than ever before and there's all this stuff. And sometimes in my life what happens is, is I get so focused on what's right in front of me. You know, it's interesting, as I read scripture today, thinking about, um, about our children today, this service is dedicated really to family and to our children, 
is the Bible doesn't mention teenagers once. In this Bible, you'll never see the word teenagers. In fact, the word teenager wasn't actually heard of until the 1940s, I believe, in Reader's Digest or Time Magazine, an American publication, where someone said, okay, they're not children and they're not adults, they're kind of in between, and this term in an article, teenagers, came out. Since then, we use this term all the time. I have a teenager. My son is a teenager. But what's interesting is the Bible never mentions teenagers. In fact, the best definition from God's word I can find for our children today, and as parents and as a community, we're raising kids together as a community. The best definition isn't kids. It's, It's not teenagers. It's actually in Psalm 127 when it says our kids are arrows. It said children are like arrows in the hand of A warrior, they're arrows. And I realize that as you view yourself and as you view your children, it'll determine what you aim for. So many times in the middle of life, we're so focused on school and appointments and sporting that you're in the middle of life. Sometimes in our life, we get so busy on what's right in front of us, we end up going into a ditch. We get off track. And I want to remind you today, much like my daughter, and much like me, and much like you, even when we drive, as we're driving through the neighborhood, I told my daughter, hey, I got listen, listen, don't look there. See that power pole up on that curve? Aim up there. And all of a sudden, her driving straightened out. And she went from the ditch to the middle of the road where she needed to be, and she started navigating the turns of our neighborhood. She's like, oh, that's easier. I'm like, yeah, so just keep looking about this much further. See that telephone pole? Look there. When you get there, look at the next two up there. And all of a sudden, as her vision changed, so did her direction, so did her behavior. I want to remind you today as parents, as uncles, as grandparents, we believe our kids aren't just children to be entertained. They are actually arrows in our hand to launch. We need to launch them, not lounge them. I speak at youth conferences really all over North America. I just flew in yesterday from speaking to 3,000 kids outside Philadelphia, and I'm reminded that society doesn't actually expect a lot from our teens. Most times it's just like, hey, just, if you can just get through your teen years, don't get too high, don't get in too much trouble, don't go to jail, don't get pregnant. If you just get to your 20s, then you're all right. And we have this expectation of just, just lounge around, just wait it out, and then maybe, maybe you can do something in your 20s. You know, I'm reminded our children, the Bible says, they're actually arrows. And arrows you don't display, arrows you launch. I believe our teens are, and, and even our youth, and I believe even our culture sometimes is over-entertained and under-challenged. I believe God wants to launch our families, launch our children at targets of purpose. Today I'm reminded as we celebrate families and celebrate these children as they're cute and, and, they, and they're going through the first of life and they got their cute little bow ties and fishy crackers and that's just the parents. And then you got the kids and you get all the, what I see is not just adorable pictures and beautiful families. I actually see arrows in our hand that God wants us to launch them towards targets of purpose. Our children were made on purpose with purpose. That word purpose fires me up. You need to get a why in our life. And I believe the why today is not just to go through a ritual of, okay, we took our kids to church, but to remind ourselves that this is bigger than just the moment we are in. This is bigger than what we see just in front of the hood of life. This is bigger. There's a purpose. They were born on purpose with purpose. There's a why to their life, and there are assignments. There's assignments in this room. No matter if you're 70 years of age or if you're four months of age, there's an assignment on your life. God wants to launch you, and God wants to launch our kids at targets of purpose, targets of business, 
I believe there are business leaders in this room that still aren't even walking yet, but God's going to use them to help get rid of poverty in parts of our city and our world, and God wants to launch them into business. I believe into injustice. I believe we one thing to complain or one thing to see statistics, but I believe the solution is in this room, in our children. I believe there are a cure for diseases because some of our kids are meant to be aimed into the medical field as doctors and nurses and practitioners. I believe there are cures for racism. I believe there are cures. I believe God wants to launch our children into targets of purpose. When you understand and we change our vision of what we're doing, we're not lounging and displaying our children, we're actually launching them. It changes the way we live, it changes the way we think, and it changes the way we pray. I want to remind you today, we are raising arrows. We need to stop praying. We're giving a gift to our parents today that are getting, dedicating their children. And The author said once of the book that we're giving them of the gift, he said this once, he said, we need to stop praying to keep our kids safe and start praying God makes them dangerous. Now, that sounds like a great tweet or even a great thought, but it's actually a challenging concept. At night, I pray for my kids every night I'm home, and I pray the same thing. I just pray God's blessing. I pray protection because we want our kids to be safe. But what's amazing is when you see your kids as arrows, arrows were never meant to be stay in a quiver or stay on a shelf. They're meant to be launched into dangerous, dark battles. But if you understand the purpose of God, I now pray for my kids, God, I thank you that you keep them safe. I'm thankful that you look after them, but I'm praying they would find their purpose, that you would launch them into tough, dangerous places, because I don't see them as something to be coddled, but something to be launched. It changes the way we focus today. This church isn't a place to gather and just hide from pressures of world. It's a place to come and get healed up and, and, and focused and loved on, but also challenged to go back into your world. Church starts when we walk out that door. Our mission field is not in this room. It's to love in our schools and in our businesses and our families. We are on mission with purpose, on purpose, and our kids are the same. Against injustice and poverty and social issues and spiritual apathy. So many youth, so many people are frustrated. I I see this with teenagers all the time and working with them all the time and even adults. They're so frustrated. There's a word, isn't it? Frustration. I've shared this before, but I think it's so key. I had my phone I was walking out of Starbucks one day, and I pretty much live at Starbucks, and I was walking out, and I dropped my phone on the pavement, face down. How many know that's a bad day right there? If you don't have a prayer life at that moment, you get a prayer life at that moment. You start, oh, please, Lord Jesus, please, not my phone, not my phone. I need to do some important things like play Clash of Clan or update my hockey pool or something on my phone. As I picked up my phone, it wasn't smashed. It was all good. I was like, thank you, Lord. As I got in my car, I started to realize quickly that though it wasn't smashed, it wasn't cracked, something went wrong, it no longer typed. I would, half the keyboard would work and the other half wouldn't. As I started to type, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I could get half of it and then it would freeze and I'd have to turn the phone to get the other side of the keyboard to work and then I'd have to turn it again to send a text or send it again to receive an email. And what's interesting is it looked like an iPhone. You would think it was an iPhone but it didn't behave like an iPhone. It became frustrating because it wasn't living up to the potential that it was created for. So many people in our world are frustrated. They don't know why they're frustrated in their marriage or their work, and they're just, they don't know why, so they go to chemicals or they go to relationships or they go to entertainment trying to, I need something to get me unfrustrated. I believe the core of it is when you're doing something other than what God created you to do will frustrate you. Because you know you were made for more. You know there's more inside of you. Some even guess today, you're sitting there going, I'm not sure about all this, but I do know there's something in my life where I want to matter. It's the purposes of God. 
Some of you, it's business or education or in medicine or in ministry or in your family, but there's, there's purpose inside you. And to do anything other than what God created you to do will frustrate you. Teens, you felt it. Maybe it's after you started playing video games all day and what started off as some way to relax became something that at the end of the day you just felt frustrated or maybe it's social media. It starts off as something fun to share highlights of your life, but you're so hooked on it, you just keep hitting refresh and adding new people and checking out new things. Why? Because you need something new because you're frustrated, you're empty. I want to challenge you today that nothing, nothing satisfies like the purposes of God. To do anything other than what you were created to do will frustrate you. You'll never feel more alive than when you're being launched into God's assignment for your life. So you say, Mike, but how do I know my purpose or the purpose for my kids? Well, I know this. If you know the God that launches them, he'll help you, direct you. See, my assignment for me and my wife is not just to feed our kids, though we do. It's not just to clothe our kids, though we do. Not just to teach them how to drive in a 365 horsepower twin turbo, though she does. Our goal is to help find our kids to find their purpose and for God to help us direct them, to launch them. My son's brilliant. My daughter's so compassionate and strong, and God's helping us lead them into their God-given journey. I want to challenge you. There are giants facing our culture, and I believe arrows are meant to take out these targets like depression and abuse and addiction and apathy, and the answer isn't in a government, and we pray for our government. The answer is not in social programs. It's in the people that God wants to raise up. You are the answer for someone's problem. Our children, our teenagers, are the answer to someone's giant in their life. I am here today because people stepped in and challenged the giants that were tackling my life of, uh, of apathy, of religion, of, uh, of uh, suicidal parents that, that, uh, that, that were looking at harming our family. Someone stepped in and loved them and rescued me because they were arrows in the hand of God. Today, as we focus on families, I want to remind you teenagers, you're not a teenager. You're a weapon in the hand of God. I want to remind you parents, you're not just parents. You are actually warriors launching children into their God-given destiny. And right now it looks like sleepless nights and dealing with fevers and dealing with appointments and soccer and hockey practice. But the bigger question, more than just looking at the bumper of soccer practice, is looking down the road of launching them into God's purpose. And it all starts with dedicating yourself to hearing God's voice and teaching your kids to hear God's voice. As parents, as a community, our passion is to launch this next generation into their God-given destiny. I heard this said, and I think it's so true. Your legacy, you're never too young to think about legacy. Your legacy is not in your lifetime. It's in your lifeline. I believe when we see this differently, when we start launching our kids into greatness, into purpose, something happens. Life goes beyond just your 70, 80 years. It goes into a legacy that outlives you. And today, as we celebrate families, as we get ready in just a moment, we're going to sing a song in just a moment, then we're going to bring out some families and some kids, and you're like, man, I don't have any kids, and I don't know these people. No, but we are in this together, and our focus is to launch people at their greatness, but it starts with saying what these parents are saying today is not checking a box going, all right, dedicate it, my kid. Check. That's off the list. What they're saying is, one more time, we commit ourselves to saying, hey, we put God first, and we're passionate about launching our kids into their God-giving destiny, because I want to raise kids. I don't care if my kids are rich. I don't care if they're famous, but I do want them to be fulfilled in the purposes of God. And if that makes them rich and famous, great. But if it makes them humble and unknown, I cheer it on. Why? Because nothing satisfies like the purposes of God. I want to challenge you today. Where are you at in your life? You're never too old 
to let God get a hold of your life and start to direct your life. Nothing satisfies like the calling of God on your life. My friends, I don't see people today. I see arrows, and I see warriors. And today, one more day, we're going to launch some more kids, launch some more families week after week, launching people into their destiny, launching people into their God-given, attacking giants and targets that are taking out our city, our families, even this week. Sitting at a funeral from a beautiful family and a beautiful boy who found himself in a dark place and life ended for him. I sat there and go, no, we need to help our children understand there is hope and there's a purpose for their life bigger than the struggle they're in, bigger than the darkness they're in. God wants to launch them. Today we want to launch some kids. We want to remind some parents and stand with them as they say, hey, our church family, will you gather with us and cheer us on as we try to launch these little ones? in the struggle and the busyness of life, in the, in the cartoon, fishy stages of snotty noses and schedules. In the middle of this, we'll put our focus down the road and go, no, no, we're launching war, uh, arrows, and we are warriors, and God will honor it. Amen? All over this place, can we stand to our feet today? We're going to sing one more song. We're going to sing one more song as the worship team comes back. And in a moment, we're going to bring out some families. Some of you traveled quite a ways, different provinces, and some of you just came to church as guests today, we're so glad you're here. Maybe this doesn't look like church like you're used to, and that's okay. But the goal is the same. It's to honor God and to support families. We're believing today that as we gather together and take a moment and reinforce these parents, as grandparents, as loved ones, as a community, believing that out of this moment, we'll see destinies change, focus aligned, and people launched. Amen.